and welcome back to another episode of Lost and Down. We are your hosts. I am Stephen Weed. This is Waterloo Kashensky. As you can tell, we are in person this week. Before I toss it over to Walter, we want you to know this episode is brought to you by Tabbies.com, the premier Delta 8 edible on the market. T-A-B-E-A-S-E.com. Use promo code football for 20% off that order as well as free shipping. Wally, nice three-hour trek. Shout out to David. Wasn't able to be here. As you can tell, it's looking a little bit thinner this week on the podcast. But while you made the trek here to Pittsburgh, glad to see you made it in one piece. Oh, dude, it's great to be here. And like you said, we love you, Davey. We're excited to have him back here in a couple weeks for the season preview. Davey? Well, it's, yeah, it's like Davey and A-Trade. You got to have Davey in there occasionally. I didn't know. I didn't you know, can throw Davey, you can throw Clavin, you can do, you call him DK. He's got it all. He'll figure it out. Uh, I accidentally slip in Cleveland every now and again. I, I know at the beginning you were really Cleveland, 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 Cleveland. Yeah, it, it's bad, but yeah, slowly but surely we got there. So, anyways, you went to the Red Hot Chili Peppers concert this last weekend, which is your all-time favorite band, correct? Yes. In Chicago, how was it? First off, first time in Soldier Field, and it's time for a Bears Packers game. I know I said that last week, but gorgeous stadium for you know having su- successful successfully bad teams consistently throughout the decades. I can't even say years, throughout the last couple of decades. Uh, it was phenomenal. They rock your socks off. If you guys have the opportunity to go see them, I highly suggest you do. I don't care if, if you're sitting at the ceiling, if you're sitting on the floor, which no biggie, that's where I was. Shout out to my boy, Tadis, I went with. And his boy, uh, we were able to sneak him into the pit, actually. But it was a blast. Ran into Thundercat, who's the opening, uh, the opener for the opener, which was the stroke. So if you knew who Thundercat is, I'm kind of a big deal in your ear right now. If you don't know, I'm talking nonsense. Well, wait, hold up. Okay, first of all, so you probably got to see, like a lot of us laughing online, saw the Bears preseason opener with the grass just beat the shit before people even step foot on it. You guys just further exacerbated that. I was going to say, we well, we were just on the grass. They had, like, metal yeah, over it, too. Oh, okay, it was metal. So they have metal on top of, you know, the hundreds, probably, like, 150, 200 people on the field. I don't know why. I was thinking of, like, you know, like, when you have well, an outdoor, like, picnic, there's, like, a white tarp or, like, a rubbery kind of No, floor. they had to step it up because. Okay, that makes more sense. Still a dog shit stadium. I can't believe you said it was great. I'm guilty. I mean, it, it is historical. It's right there off the water. Well, it's been their stadium since like 57. I think I'm pulling that out of my ass right now. I don't know when it was put up. I just know it's time to come down. Yeah, put a dome on that thing. Oh, and no, I meant bring that down. Oh, it is wildly. What's the word I'm looking for? Come on. Um, it's just out of the way. It's like not in a good space. Luckily, the friend that we went of my buddy taught us lived a five-minute walk from there. So it was nice being able to get in and out and extremely close. You got lucky as hell. Oh, yeah. Oh, I can't he, imagine he bought it last there. minute. He bought it last minute. And I was like, thank God. Your buddy Adam Alfonso, I'd love to hear from him because the parking for like a Bears game has to be some kind of brutal. Like you'll see Lambeau, you yeah. see Dallas, a lot of the new wave, and that not like Lambeau's new wave, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. They have these like centralized parking for just that stadium. It's not like that in Chicago. And I know no. a lot of people there, not all, it's very split, it feels like, mm-hmm. wants the team to like move outside the city of Chicago, you know, 15, 20 minutes out of the way, yeah. have a big stake of land, give you parking. It's a clusterfuck down there. Well, and it, you know, a historic team like the Bears deserves a good stadium. 
Agreed. At the end of the day, they have the most wins in NFL history. Only beating Green Bay. I was going to say, until week three. Yeah, uh, week four. Okay, well, well, we'll get to the NFC North here in a little bit. So we, we also have the out. AFC North. I want to toss it to you, though. I'm not going to give any spoilers for the within the next five seconds of you telling them what it is. <laughs> but you got some big news in the Penguin facility. You know, I was a lot more excited until earlier today. The Penguins, my favorite all-time logo, my favorite all-time jersey is the gradient 1993 to like 97, 98, black, gray, yellow, Robo Penguin. I was really fired up that they were bringing this back until today. Oh, no. Because they do reverse retros in the NHL now, which is, I think it's kind of cool typically because what they do is they just flip the colors and they go with it. Instead, the Penguins decided to wear a yellow jersey and just put Robo Penguin on the front of it. And I'm convinced all it is is Mario Lemieux having a, a plant that he put this on this dog shit yellow jersey so that when the fans hate it after a year, he can say, I told you it sucked. It's never coming back. That's brilliant. It's brilliant. I hate it for him. He's a perfect man, and that is his only flaw. He's not liking Robo Didn't they have yellow Robo Pen jerseys? They had yellow robo pens in like the mid 80s but that was also one of the worst eras of penguin hockey ever okay it makes no sense i'm telling you the gradient i'll put up a picture i'll show you after without a doubt my favorite it's it reeks 90s i didn't realize how much i liked it until i was like why why did they change this i kind of fuck with the old logo i never knew it was called robo pen until i met you yeah there's not too many too robotic and you know exactly robo pens he's really blocky yeah, so I like. You had a triangle. It's got no like arms, bottom. nothing. Yeah, it's literally just a triangle on a penguin head, and I love it's it. Like Brian Urlacher, or just no neck, it just sticks out of its head. I Still like can't it. get over the hair addition for him. Oh, there, his billboards were in Chicago. He has a neck. He's smiling. He has hair. It's too much. No, not my Urlacher. No, no, absolutely not. My Urlacher's bald. But what? I have. Whoa, 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 whoa. Come on. No, I was gonna say I Come have on. my hypothetical because we only oh, have three right. weeks left of this. I was jumping the gun on this. It's a sports one this week, so it's a lot more, I, I think, easy to think right off the top of your head because we're already thinking sports coming onto the podcast. But here we have it. Would you rather your favorite NFL team win the next three Super Bowls, but then after, they never again win one in your life? Whether you live to be 35 or 105, they never win again. Next three years, unbelievable, but you are locked in for – disappointment the rest of your life where do you go situationally i want to go with the next three years because i don't know what green bay is gonna be like after post aaron Rodgers, and there's no way in hell a lightning strikes a third time in a row and jordan love or maybe someone else that they draft ends up being that guy pretty high on jordan love in camp no they are not well Three three interceptions in the preseason leads out leads you don't have to worry about preseason. You look at camp and you just pay attention to that. People are like, look at that one throw he had going away from his body. Wasn't even completed in camp. But they're like, no, but man, he just, next year that's getting completed for a minimum a touchdown. Yeah, to my boy, uh, was it Dobbs? Yeah, Romeo Dobbs. Romeo baby. Dobbs. Yeah, we'll don't get forget about Christian Watson. Bit. They may be building a dynasty, but I think I'm selling them short. I want the next three years. As a Packers fan, I've been so close, had my heart ripped out, haven't seen Aaron win it for him to win three in a row. 
then leave and then just leave the organization in shambles for the next decade and a half is what I'm assuming. I'm going to take that risk right now. Wow. See, I'm going to go the other way and I'll tell you why. And I'm, oh, and the main, uh, there's no way I'm making it a fourth of 105. Oh shit. I think I'm about to die soon. Uh, <laughs> I forgot I'm pushing 30 here. Uh, I'm not going to make it till my fifties. So I might as well get the Super Bowls in now. Oh, wow. You're already checking out at 50. That's a good idea. Um, my reasoning for going against that is that the whole reason we watch sports is that blind optimism, the hope, the every year believing that even if this year we're not a Super Bowl threat, we're going to make moves that puts us in a better position to become one. Yep. As soon as you win your three, those are going to be three awesome years. You would never have that excitement. You never have that optimism. Get uh, the only way I can spin it into your side is you can stop watching football. You don't have to worry about it now. You free up on Sundays for about twenty weeks of the year. What if what if you don't take the three and then your <laughs> then your and franchise you never wins? <laughs> well, yeah, that's brutal too. Trust me, that's on the table. Th- there is a lot of gamble with my choice. Yes, but I'd almost rather the gamble. Just because then I don't know when it's coming. It's going to feel that much more special, that much more meaningful. I mean, you've had one now, and you were probably, what, 16, 17? 18, senior 18. in high school. I had to take a math quiz the next day. I was very drunk still. Oh, God, yes. Yeah, so that would be – I don't blame you. First of all, good for you for going to school. That was probably not your call, was it? No, it wasn't. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I had any more skip days the old Gaylor. On that semester. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you have it. You guys will have to let us know what you guys think about that hypothetical, though. Steven, otherwise, I think you got a live read. We got a live read. Well, we have the NFL stories, but for the live read, we want you to know that this week's NFL stories is brought to you by Abby Turner Creative, your one stop shop marketing agency specializing in branding, hiring photography, fashion, and more, especially if you're Wally and I's age where it feels like there's college graduations, bachelor parties. I don't even know engagements, whatever. It's happening every other weekend. Abby Turner Creative is the only way to go. Check her out for yourself at abbyturnerphoto.com. That's Abby, A-B-B-E-Y. You can also check her out for yourself on her Instagram at Sawdad and Sapphire. Again, abbyturnerphoto.com. Can I know, before you go to NFL Stories. Please. You guys don't understand why that was so impressive. His computer screen went black midway through the ad read you'll be able to tell because then you like pause that engagements he drilled it i had to pull it up and actually like read it off the rundown to see if he was still getting it right beat for beat he still had it going so i should not give you a little credit for that i shouldn't even be looking at it anymore because we've said it going on two months yeah i know but it was still impressive because i have swiss cheese for brains i don't think i missed a word i don't think you did either so i was really impressed i had to give you a little credit there and let's shoot you down real quick because the first NFL story that we have this week, Dana White on a UFC interview, what mid fight went on to blabber his mouth about how he hadn't lined up at not only Tom Brady, but Rob Gronkowski was ready to join the Las Vegas Raiders ahead of the 2020 season when Tom was shopping around. No spoiler. He ended up in uh, Tampa Bay there, but apparently he was going to the Raiders until your man, John Gruden, shut it all the way down. You know, Dana White, real quick. My man is in such a good place right now. The fact that you had to go on national television and take an obvious shot at the one Walter Lukashensky uh, was sickening, uh, classless, 
and I can't stand I can't stand by it anymore. That was all a lie. I enjoy watching Wally suffer as he takes my wide receiver and Devontae Adams this offseason. So I'm going to let him have it. And he's speaking and of him, he looks show. pretty damn good in uh, training camp. Yeah, he looks he looks really good, but anyone can look good against that Raider secondary. Or the Patriots secondary, apparently. Uh well, it's okay. Malcolm Butler is on season season ending IR and he's been extremely <laughs> relevant this whole time since he left the first time. What what was that feeling like? And I feel like it's almost like, hey, you know, I almost did this for you, but then I did it. Why are you telling me? Why are you telling me that you almost did it? And just it never happened. Just let me live with the lie. I think what bothers me almost more than anything is that he is like a Las Vegas native. He's kind of this generation's king of Las Vegas. Yep. He dominates the UFC circuit. And I mean, when boxing died, he filled that void. And when the team came in, he was one of the first vocal supporters, even before they moved in. So he's a diehard Raiders fan. And I respect the hell out of him for that. When this news broke though, yeah, I was irritated because I did. First of all, I did, you don't need to know this. I didn't need to know this. <laughs> but after 24 hours, I kind of let it, you know, trickle into my mind a little bit. Think about it. But what happens if they do bring in Rob Gronkowski and Tom Brady and they go nine and eight that first season? What happens is that narrative around the, the Vegas Raiders is that they are Al Davis again. They are chasing after the glitz and glamour. It's all about the big name. It would have been you're chasing after a 40, what at that point, three-ish-year-old veteran quarterback who could fall off at any point in Rob Gronkowski, who was already falling off at that point. Injuries plagued him. So I'm happy that I know I love my quarterback, there's a lot of Raiders fans out there for whatever reason still want to believe Derek Carr sucks. That's fine. You can go down with that ship. Don't bother me any. I'm okay with this, but it's not a fun thing to hear. So many questions went in my mind. You know, what what would this all this drama with John Gruden, would that never have happened? Because maybe that's maybe that's what made him made uh, Mark Davis and him a little bit sour. Where maybe Mark's not pushing him a little bit as much to get out. As I said, do the emails still come out in, in uh, Washington? Oh well, not for not for Tom Brady. He's untouchable. Uh, <laughs> true. Does true, the Henry Ruggs situation happen? Ugh. What happens to Darren Waller fan to bring him? Do they have like an Aaron Hernandez, like a non-murderous tight end duo with Darren Waller and Gronk? It, there's just so many questions and I, you know, the team automatically gets better because for some reason, and it can't just be Tampa, wherever Tom was going to go, they were going to load stars around him and let him speak to the front office. Maybe Mike, Mike Mayak still has a job. The AB story is still the same. That's not changing. <laughs> but there's a lot of questions that go into it that blow my mind. And the only answer is we, I never, I never really wanted to know this because now it's, now it's all about what if. And I think where you're at now is way better than, the I agree. To think about. I agree with that. And what bothers me almost more than anything is that this screams June headline. Yes. Had we gotten this in June, we could have run with this for a week and had a lot of fun talking points. Instead, now I have training camp where you have reporters from both Boston and Vegas saying that the Raiders are dominating New England two straight days. Devontae looks great because he's not there in the scenario that we're talking about Tom Brady and Gronk. So there's so many, we talk about butterfly effect, that movie yep. we love with what Ashton Kutcher Ashton in Kutcher. it. 
And that everything changes in this scenario of Tom Brady comes back. Maybe he retires after one year. Yeah. If they don't look great, maybe he's like, maybe I am washed. Maybe it's time for me to get into a booth. So as frustrating as this was to hear when I was having a very pleasant night on my weekend, I was also the next day able to compartmentalize this and separate. Separate entirely. The final rule in the dentist system. Very true. (laughs) Kayvon Thibodeau, most of the Giants had dodged the bullet. Kayvon Thibodeau, only with an MCL MCL injury after a very scary block that but Thaddeus Moss is the one who laid it down that looked like it was easily an ACL tear. Ends up only being a couple, uh, what, three to four weeks that came on Thibodeau's out better than the whole the whole entire uh, season. And everybody, media, mostly the media, you got ex-NFL players coming out. You got the journalists kind of weighing in saying the difference between is it a dirty hit? Is it is it a legal hit? Should there be suspension, a fine? We're linemen. We're not as athletic as Thaddeus Moss, but we've had our fair share of having to do the chop block or the, the cousin of the chop block is what Moss had done. Where, where, where's your standing on this? What are your thoughts? So when you first watch it, like everybody else, your immediate thought is, oh God, that doesn't look good. This looks a little sketchy, all that. But what I noticed is that everybody that was talking about this, if you are in the analytic side, the sports nerds that probably didn't play much growing up. Put his head on a stick. Yeah, I want him suspended. I never want to hear Thaddeus Moss's name again. But then you see Joe Thomas, Brandon Schlereth, a bunch of other NFL offensive yep. former linemen saying, hey, that's great. If you guys want to do that, you can't be tackling like receivers, running backs, quarterbacks below the knees. You can't expect these split zones. This is such a routine play in football that it feels like I'm blaming Cave on Thibodeau here, but when you are an edge defender, it is just as much your responsibility to have yourself in a position to absorb that chop block that you should realistically know is coming. Instead, a beautiful thing that we're here in person, he's standing on his front leg. He has all this pressure here. And then you have nowhere to go. There's no giving that knee. Other one, because that's the thing. Thaddeus Moss was not, it was not a good executed chop block. If Kayvon Thibodeau is more prepared, he's able to easily shed that. And Thaddeus Moss completely was out of the play, didn't do anything. So, yes, it looked bad. And I am hoping that Kayvon Thibodeau has a quick recovery. But the more I thought about it, the longer this went on, I think I'm more on the side of this is just a very unfortunate play that a rookie is going to learn from and will be better for. Well, we were, you and I was following right after. We were kind of on that, hey, this guy needs to get fined. He needs to get suspended, whatever it may be. But there's like, it's a routine play that a lot of, that a lot of offenses run where they have tight ends within a two yard box that is legal within, with, when you're in the backfield like that. And a lot of the tight ends come and kind of do that little chop block esque. But to your point, he needs to be ready for that because they literally ran the play three or four times or three or four plays later, or a couple drives later. And that at the end was fine. He was able to kind of shed that block, go after the running back, whatever it may be. But we're in that tricky situation of, and I always have to resort back to the Packers, of the Des Bryant catch, right? Legally, that is legally that is a block, and it's okay. But looking at it like this, like 
Should that be legal? Is that okay? Well, I guess that's where you have to get into a rule change if you want yeah, to. Yeah, and that. it's all just an inevitable knee injury that's going to happen. Legally, it was not a catch that Dez had, but let's be real, that was a fucking catch, right? Almost, almost kind of like this. Legally, that is a block, but like, let's be real, we we got to have a little bit more hip action. Yeah, it looks like he kind of hit, like, but like Kyle Butson was saying back to us, looks like he hit and kind of slid down to the hip. I don't think he started high enough. I think he was kind of halfway down the hip. And then it made it a lot easier to slide down. Where if you make connection right there, I think it's a lot better of a play. Might be a Clean, bit. cleaner of a play, I guess. Even though it, even though technically in terms it is a clean play. Well, that but that's the thing too, because I I don't want to get it confused that I don't think this was a dirty play at all, because it was legal even in that moment when it happened. Like you know, by the letter of the law, it's fine. What we also seem to forget is we are so fixated on Kayvon Thibodeau, this top five pick who's going to have a very special career and we neglect the fact that Thaddeus Moss is very much on the verge of getting cut from a team and not having an NFL career he is going to do everything in his power to make sure he makes that team it was a shitty chop block don't get me wrong but he's going to do that and he's going to do it on a guy like Kayvon Thibodeau if it means there's a better chance he makes a 53-man roster that's what football is you, you do not care for taking someone's head off, knees, whatever. You're injuring that person because it's going to give you a better shot. Whatever gives you the better shot of making the roster, it's football. It's a Barbarians yeah. game. But Put the helmet on. Damn it, anything do I love can it. happen. Anything. Anything is possible, like Kevin Garnett once said. I love you. That's a, it's a great – It's a great. <laughs> well, he said anything's possible, but I, I like that anything is possible. 911 rapid fire. As you notice, we're going pretty quick this week. Only two of us. We're going to get ready because we really want to talk about AFC North, NFC North previews, two divisions we really want to focus on. Steven, why don't you get us going here? Tom Brady is back with the Bucks, man of the hour. I know it's hitting close to home. Uh, after spending 11 days away from the team uh, to deal with some personal matters, is it a big deal or are we brushing this off? Let's get to the season. I just get to the season. I mean, he's just trying to stay healthy. Who knows what's going on in his family? He's earned these breaks if he wants them. And then on top of that, even, I mean, this is a team that lost Ryan Jensen has kind of a rotating carousel at center right now. I'm sure he wants to at least protect his body before age 45 season. Now as crazy as that is to say, but Baker Mayfield, he's officially the starting quarterback in Carolina. Are you surprised and how big of a deal is that? You're not, Training for Baker Mayfield just to not have him start, right? You know, they're playing the first game they have is, is against the Browns. He has he's invested emotionally into that. Then you have rookie quarterback Matt Corral to miss the entire 2022 season because that of a bitch foot injury. Is Frank. I know. And she struck again with Chet Holmgren in the NBA, who was going to win rookie of the year. Uh, tall, lengthy, kind of looks like I, I don't the know. Slender Man. Slender. I took it, took it right away from my mouth. Uh, no, it's not a surprise. He's clearly the better quarterback than Sam Darnold. Uh, if you've watched, if you're a Panthers fan or watched some Panthers games last year, you notice that there's a different quarterback in there. Seems like every game. So don't be surprised. They get back to Sam Darnold within the next few games, but no, I'm not surprised that Baker Mayfield won that starting job. That's why they brought him in. Cam Jurgens, opposite side of Jordan Davis, both our boys. We have huge man crushes on them. He's already looking good. And after Jurgen's impressive game in Cleveland, do you have a spot in the starting role? If Kelsey goes down, of course, 
there's immediately that role that he's gonna be able to step in. God, he looks so fucking He looks so good. I know buddy Zach Youssef, friend of the program, diehard Eagles fan. Program, even, are we 80? Yeah, we're, we're 80 years old. Sorry. I figured we should be. Uh, but he did mention that he looked like Kelsey. He thought Kelsey was playing at one point because that's how explosive, that's how quick he is to get to the second level. He had a pancake block on a safety about 12 yards upfield. And if the field was 55 yards wide, it's probably a touchdown. I'm very excited to see this Philadelphia offensive line. I think you guys probably know that by now. I love the guard play. And you'd imagine he's able to slide out. God forbid there's an injury there. Steven, Gusecki, he's yeah. playing on the franchise tag this year. But now all of a sudden the Dolphins entertaining the idea of trading him. I'm at a loss of words. Now you're bringing over that San Fran offense that usually has the tight ends more in a blocking scheme where Gusecki's used to being lined up as a wide receiver. So you're not going to find a lot of impressive numbers. Um, talk about a quarterback carousel down there in Miami. They can never make their mind up. Uh, but what comes as, as a surprise is he could fill that void that George Kittle was in San Fran for Mike McDaniels as head coach. I don't know what I'm missing here. If he's maybe just not picking up on the offense so quick, or maybe they just don't, Maybe they like someone else, so they just don't really want a tight end because of what their wide receiver and running back room look like. It, it was a surprise. Why not keep him for the year? But if you know you're going to lose him or don't want him, you might as well get something out of it. Ravens won the NFL record 22nd straight preseason game last week. They have not lost a preseason game since 2015, Wally. Is it going to happen? Is it going to happen this week? No, it's not going to happen this okay. week. And the reason why is lock. the culture. But yeah, preseason lock. You hammer the Ravens this week. They put an emphasis on winning these games. And I have so much respect for it. It has this trickling effect in that locker room where nothing is too small. We take everything serious. I love that. Nothing's I, too small. It, trust me. We're there. <laughs> yeah. But Baltimore, they're trying to emphasize this. This culture of winning, and that goes all the way out in January, or I guess January, they're still playing football. I'm thinking of like high school, college standards. Yeah. But in like March, April, May, June, this is when this team is improving, that you have to keep working. If you're a champion, it takes 12 months of work. And I think as a fan, it's sometimes very easy to forget that. Cowboys tackle, legend tackle, Tyron Smith had a crazy injury this week. Sounds like he's out until at least December. How big of a deal is that for the Cowboys? It's huge. You know, you're already going to – you have question marks with, you know, you lost Leo Collins. That looks like a really bad loss in free agency. Uh, you're going to lose him, and, and the O-line just looks so young, where it was already a big question mark going into this year based on how they played and their decline over the past couple. This is the last person that you want to lose. This is somebody that through the first three quarters when they are rushing the ball and he's on, and he's on the field, Dallas is number one. When he's off the field, they are number 31 in, in the rush game. They need this man badly. And the injury that you're alluding to, it's a hamstring injury, but it looks like – I don't even know how I broke this down. It's the tendon of the muscle. It's like detached from the bone. It's detached from the bone so much that the bone of it, it went down to his knee. So they're hoping by the end of this – but like you said, December, but I think they're going to be tunnel vision to having a strong start to the 2023 season. It's amazing when oh. you hear, I was going to say, I know we're about to throw into the AFC North, NFC North previous. Anything around the knee? Yes. It's just, uh, and I know that's not directly correlated, but I mean. Like, oh. see, I'm so happy we didn't see that. Like, if that was live, like, there's nothing worse 
than seeing an injury live on TV, whether it be even arms too. It's just much rarer in the NFL. But I think of like when Joe Thomas, I think it was the last snap of his career, as sad as that is, he was blocking his guys engaged and you can actually see the bicep come off the bone and snap. And like those, anytime, anytime you can actually see a body part moving to yeah. a different spot where it was like not the, originated. Like the Achilles tears. You yes. just see him roll the up pot. the back of his leg. Oh. oh man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay. No, I'm good. Yeah, and I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to look at the smoking meats video the same where they take the bone and it slides right off and all they have. <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna think. Tyron Smith's uh, oh, hamstring, so uh, I might, I might have to wean off that here for a couple weeks. But man, I'm we're gonna eat chicken wings later. That's all I'm gonna think about. Dude, bad thing is, I'm so hungry. Yeah, no, <laughs> that didn't like deter me from wanting to eat. Uh, I'd argue I'm, I'm hungrier now. Uh, yeah, after that segment, <laughs> that's gonna wrap us up here with rapid fire. Let's get into our over-under predictions here in the AFC and NFC North. We're going to save the best for last uh, and start off at the AFC. The aforementioned Ravens, their over-under win total is set at nine and a half. This team is not going to be nearly as injured as they were last year. They're getting a lot of studs back. Wally, are you taking the over or the under on the Baltimore Ravens? I'm taking the over. I have them at 10 and seven. I think that people are going to be really surprised at how good the defense is. Cause last year they had the worst secondary in the league because of all the man's games missed. Take a shot. If Wally says that in an episode, but the, what has me most excited about this team is not only them getting healthy, having JK Dobbins back Gus Edwards, you imagine about halfway through the season back as well. It's the rookie class GMs voted this the top class like in the entire NFL this year. And a large part of that is because they didn't at least have a miss that we believe in the first four or five rounds. Just to give you an idea, they have Kyle Hamilton, who a lot of people thought was the second best prospect. And he started slow in camp, but he's a guy that I think he's going to figure it out. Side note, in the preseason, uh, 35, 35 passes, his way was zero receptions on the receiver he's covering. There you go. I mean, guys going to force right in the first game. Well, and as soon as health, he's healthy, he has another one of those bitch Liz Frank injuries, Tyler <laughs> Lindenbaum. He is, he, it sounds like he's going to be back at least early in the year. He's going to be an immediate impact at center. Some people think he's going to be a top five guy, kind of like Quentin Nelson was very early into his season. But then you have David Ajabo. Yeah, he'll miss this year with an Achilles tear, but it's like you're getting another first round pick next year. Travis Jones, everybody who needed defensive tackle wanted him. Big-ass body. And he went to UConn, so he fell a little bit. And then I love this name. I've got to, I have it written down here. It's why I'm staring at this sheet. i got to make sure I get this right. Six foot eight, 380-pound tackle. Oh, my God. Daniel Fahalele. He was a tackle at Minnesota. And last year when he stepped up against Ohio State in that opener, I know I had, like, I was clasping my ass the entire night. I was a nervous wreck because he was manhandling a very competent defensive line. I Ohio State had a down year, but it says a lot about him. And yeah, he's going to be a little stagnant, a little robotic early on, but he's got so much raw strength and size. I love this team right now. And I think that even though they're not going to be able to throw the ball and God, I wish David was here to just roast Lamar yes. Jackson with us, but I think they're going to be more than good enough defensively and in the run game to get the 10 wins. Long-winded answer, I know, but I'm really 
fired up bubbles. I want to see that matchup of that tackle blowing up against 6'8 Calais Campbell. <laughs> like, just literally, it's Goliath versus Goliath. There's no David's over there filming on his iPhone. It's Goliath. It's the hound versus, versus his bro- a brother in Game of Thrones, the mountain. Yeah, no, I'm not a Game of Thrones guy. Oh, I figured the nice little callback since we have that first episode of the prequel this last week. It's all right, nerds like me like that. No, I've been uh, watching uh, Prehistoric Planet on Apple TV. Don't even knock you there. Good for you. David Attenborough, right? David Attenborough. Attenborough. Well, 95 Uh, years old. We got to hope that we hold on to him as long as we can. I'm in the same boat as you. I'm taking the over nine and a half. This was an eight-win team last year. With all these injuries that happened, we'd even get to Marcus Peters, you know, adding to that yes. defensive. And that's that defensive side of the ball. And I know I said it last week, that's only going to help Marlon Humphreys, who did not look like himself as being that true number one corner. So I that defense is good. They always retool on, on the front seven as well. Now you're going to add uh, the health and depth on the defense or on the secondary. It's going to be huge. Well, what's crazy to me? Sorry, last no, thing, I, I swear. You know me. I like to talk. I know. I saw you. Marcus Williams – is going to get, I think it was five years, $70 million deal. And at the time it was like, dude, you don't pick safeties that much. In this offseason, much like the wide receiver market, we're seeing that safety market get bumped up that in two, three years, we might actually look back and tell ourselves, dude, this is a hell of a steal for this team. They're going to eat this up. And I, dude, I just, I really think they have a shot to win the division. I'm not going to pick them there. Spoiler, I think that that week 18 matchup with the Bengals is going to be an AFC North championship game. Well, that, and that's the other thing. What, what are the Browns going to look like now that we know what the final verdict is, which we'll get to here in a couple, in a couple teams. We don't know. We don't really know what the Steelers are going to look like offensively. You know, we're going to get it from defensively and is, I don't know, maybe Cincinnati has that little bit of that hiccup or can't replicate the magic that they had last year. You know, on paper, they look awesome. They look way better, but you never know. We How many times have we said that about a team? There's at least one or two teams that are good. And then on paper, they look like they get better and they kind of go off. I'm not, say, I'm not even comparing them to the Chiefs, but look how the Chiefs reloaded last year. Like, oh, they're a lock to make the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, they got the AFC Championship game, end up losing to the Bengals, but you never know. So in my mind, the North is is wide open, I think, but it's a two-team race between the Ravens and the Bengals. I like their so – I like their – wide open. Uh, I mean, yeah, 50%, <laughs> I guess, if, if you're a big math guy. Uh, but like you say, you don't know what the Steelers are looking like. Maybe they'll kind yeah. of push uh, push these teams to the brink. Uh, I think they're going to – they need to start off hot. They have a, a tumultuous schedule to start it off. But as long as they get there, I, you know, I can't see why they can't hit the over and potentially be fighting for that North championship. Next team. Cleveland Browns, David's Cleveland Browns. Let's start, first of all, because we haven't had a chance to talk about it as a podcast since the last week. They upped the suspension to 11 games. First of all, I, I'm, I'm very excited that we have a conclusion now, that we can finally say this is the games. We're done talking about it. What is interesting to me is that this was an opportunity two ways. You can either just say, hey, we handed this over to Sue Robinson. She went on precedent. We're going to stick with that. And when they didn't agree to that, Roger Goodell has unilateral control over what the suspension could be. If he wanted to, he could say it was a a season suspension right then and there. Instead, he decided all right, I already went away from the CBA agreed judge and her ruling. 
I'm not going to set a new precedent, which was an option, like I said, for the year. Instead, he hands it over, and they get 11 games, which cues him up to have his debut game with the Browns against the Houston Texans. In Houston. How much of a joke this league is. I just don't understand. Sex sells. I guess that's the only really thing oh, I, can, oh. I, I can. But of course, of, do you think so? Do you think that if that was week fourteen, it'd be even twelve games? But yeah, you know what? Let's make it twelve. I can't believe the the only thing I didn't expect to happen was eleven. Like the game to such come a back, weird number, but it feels like this judge or whoever they they gave this to almost wanted to punish the NFL for the precedent they have set and how disorganized they've been. So it was like, hey, you know what? You made this bed. You're going to line it now. Well, they went all, they went back through all of this just to give him – not even double up his games, just to give him five games so he can play four this year. Just just give him the whole season at that point. Also a $5 million you are fine. You in that. What? He's going to have four games? Because, oh, sorry. He's going to have five games. Do you want to still try? Week 13, 14, on, 15, 16, 17. There's an 18th week now. Is there an 18th week now? Remember, there's 17 games in a year. Oh, that's right. That's right. I was well, I was just laughing at so first. Sick. You got the 15. I was just like, wow. We're so I'm back 17 to like the 50s weeks. I'm what 80s. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Uh, but I mean, you're you're not even getting, you know, you're getting a third of the season. I think that I think it should just be full. Yeah. Get in there. Do you have your over-under though? Yeah, of course. No, let's I want to still talk about the actual Browns. We just had to throw that bullshit in, get it out of the way. We're done talking about it. At and least I'm sure you guys time. are done. I'm sure you guys are done hearing about it at this point as well. Yeah. I mean, even Browns fans, I've got to imagine that you've just got to be so tired of like, and then I want to make one other statement too. So we obviously, I think everybody saw this week that father son duo with the sign. Sickening. It was a sick sign, not in a good sick. Sickening. Yeah. Sickening, not a sick sign, I should say. And then you had the fan or, I, I the, want to say businessman selling t-shirts. I bought a t-shirt from him once at the Muni lot. Really? Yeah, Brian fucking Hoyer from my buddy Tyler back what when they were I want to say six and two when they were getting ready to play the yeah. 0-7 Raiders. Anyways, uh, what was I saying, Stephen? I've got the, the brain of a child. You have you have the the dad and the son holding up yes. the signs and then home and on the sh- on the shirt it said, "Bitch, give me a massage." Yes. And then the other, what, his sign was, fuck them hoes and, and the free Deshaun Watson. Free Watson on it. What bothers me is that everybody on social media took and ran with the idea that this was the entire Browns fan base that felt yeah. this way. And, that's, and that's, how they, that's how they do it. If there's one bad fan, it's everybody. Exactly, which sucks because if this was any other fan base, you'd have scumbag fans that are saying that stuff or having signs like this. And it doesn't reflect the city of Cleveland. It reflects how much of a scumbag that guy is. I feel bad for his kid because that kid, talk about not having a fair shot. Oh, no. Even if he eventually figures out how much of a scumbag his father is, he's going to have to walk around living that picture because all of his school like classmates who are going to grow up with him are going to remember that. And that sucks for him. He is a child, and I hope people don't take it out on him. But let's talk yeah, some Browns football, finally, please. <laughs> the kid never had a shot. No, he didn't. So, all right, let's go over-under. All it, of that it, being it said, said. It's set at eight and a half for the yes, record. Thank you. I, I appreciate that because I kind of got rattled there. I'm a little fired up. Now. I know. We're good. I appreciate we'll you. We'll get your wings here soon. <laughs> Under. 
And I know we just got done talking about all that negative stuff, but that weighs on players too. That locker room has that mentality of, oh my God, this is a circus. And then as soon as something goes wrong, you almost expect it to go wrong. So this is, unfortunately for Browns fans, I have a pretty decently under. If it was eight and a half, I'm three and a half under. I have him five and 12 this year. You lose uh, one of your key contributors that is coming in, and Jakeem Grant, going to be a premier kickoff punt return guy. You do have Amari Cooper, and I hope he does well with Jacoby Brissett because he deserves it. He, he keeps his mouth quiet. He just focuses on his job. He's an awesome wide receiver superstar to have on your team. And unfortunately for him, he kind of is now in a situation where he's not really going to have you imagine a ton of success or at least the success you expected of him. I mean, they do lose Jarvis Landry this year, but that's about it. I mean, this is a loaded roster. I understand that they could win well or win a lot of games. And if they do win early, maybe they're able to sustain this and maybe they're going to be able to surprise me. But if they start one in four two and four, anything like that. I can see the season completely spiraling out of control. Well, they have the worst, they have the worst quarterback in that division. Maybe that can be a debate and we'll see how Mr. Brisky plays if they end up throwing Kenny Pickett in. True. As of right now, I can argue that. It's it's is. three A, three B at, at worst. Ex- or at exactly. best, I should no, say. No, I agree. If anyone knows what it feels like to be with a or root for a team with struggling quarterback play, it's going to be the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, they're going to have a anywhere from a top eight to a top 10 defense and I might be underselling them you know when we talk here in a few weeks but Deshaun Watson only being back week 13 here's the games up until he's back Chargers lost yeah Patriots mm. 50-50 yeah Baltimore I think that's a loss I, Cincy, I think they finally get that bye week Miami Buffalo Tampa wow so I mean if with Jacoby Brissett there's a real world that they have one or two wins going into that bye week Josh Rosen can be getting some uh, playing time. Or Josh Joshua Dobbs. Dobbs, yeah. I thought Josh Rosen signed with them. He did, and then he went seven for 20 for like 83 yards in a preseason game. Give that man a break, man. Give him a shot. Give him a true shot. Yeah, well, you, you don't deserve a shot anymore. Yeah, I think I'm not, he's done. I'm not going as low as you. Well, I guess I'm, I'm taking a game or two more. Um, I'm going to have him at seven and 10 at best, six and six and 11 right in that range. And darn, then next season you're going to have a, an all-pro quarterback joining with you know, potentially a top 10 draft pick in the league. Oh, man. Speaking of draft picks, what sucks even more is that even if they have a 5-12 and 12 year, which would typically give you somewhere in that, I don't know, 5-7 to seven range, they don't have first-round picks the next two years because of the trade they made this offseason. So oh, that's true. Unfortunately, it's, it's a rough <laughs> – it's a rough – Sounds outlet. like the Texans are going to have two top 10 picks next year. Good for they them. might. They might. They very well might. The Pittsburgh Steelers have their over over under win total set at seven and a half. And I can't believe I'm going to say this. I'm going to take the under on it this year. You know, Mike Tomlin has never had a losing record as an NFL coach. 500 or better, even kept true to that last year. But when you're sitting there watching the game and you're betting, you know, you're watching bases juice, bottom of the night, 3-2, you know, 3-2 count. Oh, yeah, this guy has faced the – has faced loaded bases in this situation nine times and never homered. Well, he's now he's going to homer. Now you had to fucking curse it, right? You had to jinx it. That is going to be this year. I've taken him seven and ten, so just barely losing by the hook. 
We don't know what the quarterback's looking like. I think Kenny Pickett's going to end up being the starter. There seems to be a lot of high praise, not only coming from within the organization, but the outsiders that are in there during the practices and the training camps just saying, wow. And I mean, his play speaks for himself and what he's done in this preseason. You're either going to have growing pains with Kenny or realize how bad Mitch is and also be in pain. So pick the yin or the yang. It's going to be a good growing year. And sorry, Mike Tomlin, this is going to be your first losing season in the NFL. Seven and ten, taking the under. This is the least confident I think I've been in an over under yet yes. this preseason. Because yeah. it could be nine and eight, like because that, def- this, that team could go, this team could go ten and seven or eleven and six. Yes, if they get good quarterback play and even functional offensive line play. We don't know who's starting a quarterback yet. We believe it's Trubisky. If it's me and I'm Mike Tomlin, I I know that Kenny Pickett looks better. I was rationed with a few too many yinglings in my stomach watching the Kenny Pickett <laughs> two-minute drive against Jacksonville, I even said he needs to start. Kenny Pickett is the future. He is pro-ready. He is, like the most pro-ready out of any guy this last year is quarterback coach Mark Whipple, who's now with Nebraska, I believe. He's been doing this. He's a quarterback whisperer for the last like 30 some odd years. Said he's as pro-ready as I've ever seen. Guys, 24, 25, he's kind of got that Joe Burrow coming into the league pretty late. And, and we've, I've seen Joe Burrow comparisons like, hey, watch out. And, of course, you've heard the story, and if you haven't, he went to Pitt. It's not like he went and played at a different stadium. They played their games at Heinz Field. Hey, sorry, yeah, sorry. Sure, actually, actually, sure. Thank you. Uh, actually, no, at Heinz Field. Yeah, true. That's but, true. yeah, the, the artist formerly so known he, as Tom, Heinz They Field. were passing each other in the hallways. They know what they are, and, you know, you can closely scout this guy without, like, a, you know, potential tampering, which I don't think you can in the draft. So why the hell not? If you're going to struggle, struggle with the guy that it's going to benefit the most. You got Mitch on, what, a two-year deal? Who gives a shit? Ooh, okay, but the only reason I was going to say I'm torn on who I'd start still, and it's because of the offensive line. It's not about Kenny Pickett. I just don't want to see a quarterback like Kenny Pickett who sounds like as much as he sucked in camp, like it sounded like he was brutal. Mark Caboli of The Athletic, he was yeah. just reaming him and how poorly he looked but then he gets into the game situations he's one of those guys he might just be a gamer needs that adrenaline up I don't want to see a guy like that get ruined especially where a connection with George Pickens looks like it could be so fun and special for quite a long time I'm fine if you want to start him week one but then you got to be married to the highs and the lows is there's going to be a lot of highs there's going to be a lot of lows if not, I wouldn't be opposed. You heard me mention a few weeks ago, this is a brutal schedule up to the bye week. They could be two and six, two and seven, somewhere in that neighborhood. That's when I would make this change. This is uncharted waters for Steeler fans of our age, but this season is not about this season. This season is about getting Kenny Pickett comfortable to make this team a potential Super Bowl threat in the next few years. Does that happen? I I mean, I don't really Not see that it. Conference. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that Kenny Pickett's going to be that good. But I do think that this is going to be a Steelers team that can be kind of like the Colts and Titans for a long time, where they're floating around the 9 to 12 wins consistently. But a little bit more dangerous. Like, they actually give you some fear playing them. Yeah, like, they're a team that could sneak up and beat anybody any given Sunday. But I'm not going to ever pick them – until we see it anyways, to win three or four consecutive games in the playoffs with this core. I just don't see it, but who knows? Again, Kenny Pickett could come in and do what Joe Burrow did 
And even when they were two and seven before his knee exploded, they saw glimpses. And that's all, if I'm a Steeler fan, that's what I want to see. Keep showing me reasons to have hope that this was the right move. Well, they they weren't having glimpses with Ben Roethlisberger the past four years. No. And, you know, you're, you're worried about protecting – you weren't worried about protecting an extremely fragile old man in the game. You wanted him to – oh, well, he's big and he can handle it. He's pushing 40. Yeah. Tom Brady never gets hit. That's why he's able to last this long. He gets that ball out quick. Ben's inviting the contact. So, But you have that famous picture with the ice on his knees, yes. his arm limping off. Yes. Like, he is – Glass arms, paper, paper legs, you know. Uh, they didn't really care about that. So get, get the man reps. You have him loaded up. We've even mentioned Deontay Johnson and self-proclaimed best receiver in the league. Chase Claypool is also in there. And Pat Fairmuth had a pretty solid. They have a very young offense that can build steam and be something very, you know, they could be dangerous here in a few years when you see some of these other teams maybe kind of falling off, you know. Devontae is going to be out of his prime and Derek Carr is going to be kind of getting up there. Uh, we'll see how the Chiefs are looking. Justin Herbert the, and the Chiefs or, and the Chargers are going to go off. Is Russell Wilson still going to be around? Is he even landing, staying with Denver after this year? Uh, there, there's a lot of questions. What are the Jets going to look like? You know, are the Pats ever going to find it? Is Buffalo really going to keep that dominance that long? There's, they might be setting themselves up for the future here a little bit better, but let's kind of expedite that process. So when you are here for the future, you're more than you are more than ready than you ever could be. Your only goal, hope the old line holds up and keeps that quarterback alive. That's what everyone was wishing for last year in the NFC North champions in the Cincinnati Bengals. NFC North. You, you were so there. AFC. That was such a nice transition. I'm just, I'm just you were, tunnel vision for my. You family. had a 99 like percent grade on that. It was a perfect transition. I had to go down. Put, put the meme of the guy yeah. punching his crying. <sighs> <sighs> it's tears of it's tears of joy, not not uh, not heartbreak. But you're defending North champions. They only got better. They pulled the Chiefs of last year. They addressed their offensive line. You got Leo Collins, Alex Kappa, Ted Karras. You added Hayden Hurst after losing C.J. Uzma here this past offseason to the New York Jets. We'll see how Leo Collins is looking. But that's, that's all they really needed. Yeah, you have Jesse Bates back now that he's able to play on the franchise tag. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to take the over on this team. You didn't lose anything if you did outside of C.J. Uzma, like I said. And you're bringing back – talk about a young offense that is – hitting the ground running, you bring back everybody offensively and get better in the one place you desperately needed to improve in. That's offensive line. And you got some absolute studs on that line. Now. I like that. So the, the trickiest now, part, now it's always going to come out. No, you have to, it's It's going to come out. It's kind of a trademark at this point, but what I think for me, it was the most surprising Vegas over under total nine and a half felt really low to me. I know that they were healthy last year. A lot of people pundits think that they're going to naturally get a little more banged up. It's going to test them a little more. That offensive line is so much better than it was last year. I can't get worse. You would really hope it can't get worse. I mean, when you're playing Isaiah Prince, and I can't even remember Prince. Oh, what was was it? No. It sounded right. It felt right. It was close. But that right oh, yeah. side of the line for the Super Bowl game was such a disaster. And then to have to, to like go out and tell T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, CJ Uzama, Joe Mixon, all these studs that they were going to have to 
basically get open in a second and a half because that's as much time as he was given. That's gone now. You imagine that they're at least going to be better in that respect. Defense might take a step back just because that happens when you really don't have new blood. People figure out that team a little bit. But I love Logan Wilson so much. I think he's one of the most unheralded middle linebackers in football. He's a gamer if I've ever seen one. He's so clutch. He'll be a guy that you don't hear about sometimes for three quarters in the, in nowhere games. And in the fourth quarter, he'll have six tackles. He'll have a sack. He'll have a forced fumble. He'll have a pick. Anything like that. He is a beast. You saw him kind of get screwed in that Super Bowl with that holding call that wasn't a holding call. And I think a lot of people that aren't Bengals fans or didn't watch a lot of them, that's the memory you have stuck with you. Instead of thinking about that Tennessee Titans game where he had the pick that set up the field goal to go ahead. He wow. had the play on the fourth and one to help stuff Derrick Henry. First of all, terrible play call, but stuff him on that. I love him. I love the defense. I'm going over again, long winded, but I'm really fired up about this team. I think I've had him 12 and five Ravens going into week 18 at 10 and six, the Bengals going in at 11 and five force the start winner. Yeah. Winner wins the division. And I think I'm going with Cincinnati in that one. NFC North got that one right. You got there. We're going to start off with the Stars of Hard Knocks. Have you been watching, by the way? Yeah, I actually watched a couple, uh, or I guess one the other day. Dan Campbell's a star. He, I went, so I was, uh, I think I ha- had had a couple before. Fair. I started watching, so I get like really excited about something Fair. that I'm passionate about, which is sitting on my ass and watching football if it's behind the scenes or the game. Uh, so I was like, Kyle, let me give you a little rundown of who's who. Dan Campbell makes you want to run through a brick wall every time the dude breathes. Yes. And I'm just and I'm ready. I'm like, I'm I get the Honolulu blue on me. Yeah. Get me up there. I am better than that six eight Nigerian dude who's only been playing football for seven years. Uh if you guys have watched it, he's an O lineman. He he's horrific. He he looks like that one guy that literally just picked up football that year. And you can tell like his stance is awkward. He's like very robotic, heavy feet. Yeah. Very robotic. And I hope he makes the team and he's able to kind of progress because his, his raw talent is there. They just, he's a Play-Doh player. He's mm-hmm. molded. Do you like that? Cause you can mold Play-Doh. Well, I'm glad you, the whole point. you mentioned six, eight. Sorry. My pocket was popping on here. Getting a little crazy. Okay, I thought you Daniel Bahalele. Like I mentioned before, the oh, tackle yes. from Minnesota that's with Baltimore, he's 6'8". He's only been playing football for four years. So he's very robotic in that sense, too. If they can get that out of that, I mean, those guys have that amazing size. If you yeah. can even, like, funnel that in, hone in on that, and get something out of it, at the very least, even if those guys are stuck in quicksand, that extra reach, that extra length yeah. takes more time for that edge rusher, rusher to get around. That's why you're seeing so many more teams – really go out and look for these extreme length tackles that can at least slow up guys. But do, what was your, do you said uh, you had them on the over or under? So the over, over under set at six and a half. I'm taking the over on this. Okay. I'm riding the wave based off hard knocks. And I just, yes, they're within my division that I root for, but it's Detroit. I never had to worry about. Yeah. Last year, the year before was the first time they won in Lambeau since I was born. Yes. Since I was fucking born. Yeah, well, Barry Sanders, I think, was there the last time they won. Yeah, I think I think that's it. So um the, the way you get the you just get on like an emotional level with them when you watch them. And I don't need this to love Dan Campbell, but damn, it doesn't make me love the man more, uh, more than I ever thought. I just wish I could see him just pack pack fat lugs. 
Apparently it's just extra gum that he's chewing, but I'm not buying it. Um, he could be doing that old thing. Uh, I know some baseball coaches, they wrap double bubble. Yeah, yeah. you know oh, what's yeah. going on. I know Terry Francona does that for the, yep. for the Guardians. Uh, well, Argus used to be. They're gone. He got fired, I think. No way. Yeah, Francona, I think, got fired like two years ago. No, he's still there. He stepped away because I was watching a game this year. And I was like, is that fucking Terry Francona? What's he still doing here? Are you serious? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I apologize if I'm incorrect. I still think Steven's wrong. It's okay. Uh, I would have the same energy as you, but the the best O-line you can argue in the division, easily in the NFC, they have a, you know, they would go hand in hand with Tampa Bay, but they're losing alignment every, They I think they just lost their starting right tackle right now. Probably Tristan Wirfs, done. Uh, that's not actual news. I'm, I'm talking out of my ass on this one. Amron St. Brown came on really strong. He had Jameson Williams, who's not going to be able to play where he's on the PUP list to start yes. the year off. Uh, so we'll see. Um, maybe Josh Reynolds kind of gets a Khalif Raymond. You got TJ Hawkins in there. And, but the main thing is, what is that defense going to look like? You add Aiden Hudson, who's going to instantly be a spark plug for that offense. For Talk him. about hard knocks. Guy just feels like an immediate leader, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. You can tell that the energy is a little bit different, and it's not – and it's a good leader because you have those guys that kind of come in hot and really cocky about themselves. They're like, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna be vocal just because there's cameras on me and, and because I'm that guy. Yeah, it's expected. Yeah, right? But, like, with him, it's like, yeah, I'm coming in. I'm the Detroit – I'm literally coming from my mom's house about 10 minutes away. I'm coming down here. Yeah, come on, guys. This is my team. Me and uh, uh, Sway Pinnell. Pinnell Sewell? Jesus Christ. You got there. You got give, there. Give me a beer yesterday. Uh, <laughs> so the, the, the tide is turning. It's going to be the younger guys. I like Aiden Hudson a lot. I think he's going to be uh, an animal coming off the side for them. Kneecaps all season, baby. Let's take that over. I agree with the over. I, I know that I felt like I was coming off lower especially like shout out to your buddy Kyle Butson. And I wasn't trying to say that they're not going to be a good team or at least a functional team. I think they're a year away. Yeah. I have them at eight and They're not making that leap yet. No, no, no. Yeah, exactly. So this, this is the leap you want. Yeah, exactly. This is a step. This is a stepping stone. And when you bring in guys like Williamson and like Hutchinson, who again, instant leader, and he's not only talked the talk, but he's proven that he's been able to walk the walk. It hurts me to say, but Ohio State, Michigan, Ohio State's dominated Michigan forever. In Hutchinson is a part of that team, like David Ajaba last year, part of that defense that really helped change the culture of that team into one that truly believed they can beat anybody in the country. Not a lot of Michigan teams nowadays with the recruits they can get in are going to the playoffs, and a large part is due to him. Very deserving of being a finalist for the Heisman last year. Now he comes in here again, backyard, Detroit, right there trying to change the culture. I think that they have the things going in the right direction right now. Just a little early. You need to get someone not named Jared Goff to be a quarterback, and I will be 100% bought in on this game. Tim Boyle, David Blau, time to take over. David Blau just gives me Thanksgiving Day game vibes every time I hear that name. I don't want to ruin it, but on the, on the second episode, they filmed them in their preseason game. He fucks up. And, you know, they have him mic'd up. He just pulls a complete Philip Rivers. He just goes, fudge. <laughs> and Kylie looks at me and she goes, that did he just say, say fudge? fudge? said, yeah, damn right he just said fudge. That checks out. I'm not even disappointed. That makes so much sense. All right. The Chicago Bears. 
Another one of your buddies, Adam Alfonso, his team. We were talking earlier about them in the city. Over under six and a half. <laughs> I gave, oh, that, my God. Uh, I want oh. I want so badly for Justin Fields to succeed. The narrative against Ohio State quarterbacks in a league drives me nuts. I'm fine if you want to You have every say, other position. Get over it. No, no, no. I'm saying if you want to die on the hill that – it, like schools just can't turn up certain positions. That's fine. Justin Fields is getting criminally abused right now. The fact that that offensive line, not good. The or the weapons on the outside, not exactly great. What weapons? Exactly. You lose Allen Robinson. What do you do this year? You bring in Byron, Byron Pringle? And then he can't even stay out of jail when he got there. So it's like everything has gone wrong since this has happened. There's nothing to be excited about with this offense at all. Defense, this whole team. I'm not looking forward to the punt unit. Oh, like I did. I seriously just hope that Fields can get out of the season and show enough glimpses that they commit to helping him. This is one of the most disorganized rebuilds I can remember. When it is clear and evident you have a quarterback that at least has talent. Give him a damn chance, please. Something. What do we have to talk about? You lose Khalil Mack. Roquan Smith wants out. Keem Hicks is gone. Akeem Hicks is gone. Khalil Mack is gone. I, I just said that. Oh, sorry. I, I you know, but, our not, but, not, but not only Brian Brian Pringle, who not only that, he has an injury with no timetable. You trade for Nikhil Harry, who has a severe ankle injury within the first two weeks that he's there. Roquan Smith doesn't even want to play for you. Roquan does it. He's just doing it because he's like, you know what? I need to get paid so I can get a fatter contract for a team who actually wants to pay me here in this offseason. You don't bring an O line. This O line is getting burnt by the second and third stringers in preseason. Well, oh, okay. Jenkins, God, he's going to get. Kenny Pickett can do a two-minute drill. Well, it's just it's just preseason. What about the Chicago Bears' offensive line not giving Justin Fields time in a preseason game? Oh, it's just preseason. No, there's a problem here. There's an actual problem here. That's so bad. Not it's mine. So bad. <laughs> I fucking love it. Oh man, Adam, I can't wait. I Adam, dude, I I seriously am rooting for you so much, man. You got. I'm not. You I'm gotta not. no, you gotta keep the good faith, man. That's all I keep the good faith. I have them way under. I barely have them winning three games. If that I can't find I have them, them at five and twelve. I can't find them on the schedule. Five and twelve. I know we said last week I can't think of the team right off the top of my head. The Bears are the lines of last year. Six and a half. Take my money so I can print money out like the like on the LA Rams. I nothing to add. I pity. Those fans. The Minnesota Vikings come in here over set at nine and a half. You better stop because you're gonna think that you're gonna. <laughs> this is where you need to edit, and you're like, shit. This is. Oh, yeah, yeah, they'll be small. even better. They'll, they'll, yeah, they'll be all right. They added. They get a new head coach. Oh, actually, before we go into the head coach of the Vikings, one last thing I want to add about the Bears. What do you do to help Justin Fields? You bring in a defensive coach who has barely proven himself. He's got a sweet nickname though. Loose. You're saying half his name. That's really cool. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Minnesota Vikings get offensive coordinator from the LA Rams, Kevin O'Connell, hired him as the head coach here. Uh, Justin Jefferson is is said he loves the offense. This is what it feels like to be in a, a pass first offense. Nine and a half is the win total. I'm taking I'm taking the over. Defense is going to be the question mark on this team. We don't. They were 
they were downright bad last year. Secondary was bad. Yeah, you had an okay front seven. You're losing Anthony Barr, but are you really losing him? He barely played any games this, mm-hmm. these past couple of years. It's Every, more of that, like the you know that the presence exactly Have perfectly you, said the, the presence, presence and just the. He is so faster and so much better, everybody, mentally, because he's seen so much more of the game. Also, fuck you for breaking uh Fuck Minnesota for saying having the goodbye message for Anthony Barr. And one of the pictures and plays of it was when was he, he broke, broke his collarbone. When he broke Aaron Rodgers' collarbone. Classless move. Um, but that's what you get when you I haven't done anything since 2017. First thing I saw, I said, I didn't know that fucker. happened. That's amazing. Yeah, so um petty wars kirk is one of my quarterbacks too justin jefferson is all best offense in the league or in the in the, con, okay, in the division yeah, i'm sorry like, whoa in the, in the division you got kirk cousins who you put the stats up he really isn't that bad uh hey except did, when what he's perfectly 500 he's something like 81 81 and two or something like I'll that actually, in his career i'll actually get to that you got you got you got Justin Jefferson, Jetta. You got Adam Fiona on this last hoorah. You got Dalvin Cook. Yeah, he can't stay healthy, but that guy behind him, Alexander Madsen's not a bad running back. He's very productive when Dalvin mm-hmm. Cook isn't taking the touches. This is what I wanted to tunnel vision on. Matt Stafford went to this guy. All of a sudden, he gets a Super Bowl ring. Matt Stafford's first 125 games. Now, this is before they, they still had three more seasons in Detroit before winning the Super Bowl in LA. 62 and 65 record, 600 and 216 touchdowns to 118 interceptions, 34,749 yards of the 61% completion percentage. Kirk Cousins, his first, it was at first 120 games, 59, 59 and two, 223 touchdowns to 91 interceptions, 32, five yards at a 66.9% completion completion percentage can kevin o'connell unlike kurt unlock kurt cousins a little bit like matt i'm not saying super bowl run they have a great chance being in the nfc but can kevin o'connell unlock kurt cousins like it seemed like he did last year with matt stafford did you see that stat somewhere or did you just find that oh i like dug it up i took time to take get that one i like that a lot actually there is a lot of similarities to that Uh, i do think i was surprised i was like wow yeah, no, that works out. I'm going to clip that for us. But that is actually really surprising because I'm in a camp with you when, especially as a Derek Carr fan, it would be so hypocritical of me to really sit there and just completely knock Kirk Cousins time and time again because I feel like people love to associate how good a quarterback is by the team's success. In Minnesota, in Washington, have been very mediocre with Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Which is fair. That's a criticism, and he has to wear that. Like, Derek Carr has to wear the mediocrity in, in, in Oakland and Vegas. However, getting a offensive mind like this, I think he's really going to be special well, it's, for Minnesota. Well, Mike Zimmer, a, not only a defensive mind, just old school defensive mind. He's in his 70s. He, was having, he had like four eye surgeries. You didn't even know he was yelling at half the time. Dude, I think off the top of my head, you might have to pull it up here. Minnesota, I think, ends the year with Green Bay. I want to say no, because Green Bay always ends it with... Uh, That's week 17, right? Always ends it with Detroit for some reason. Well, let's You're going to want to go to 18th. 
the Bears, second to last week. So that could be the division. The of second to last week. All right. In Lambeau. All right. That was what, but the reason I brought that up is because Kirk Cousins and the Vikings, since acquiring Kirk Cousins, have been as close to any team in the NFC to having your number besides maybe San Francisco. Yes. They, no, they win about as much as they lose to you. I want to say it's about 50 50. It is 50 50. You're right about that. And if they can get to week 17, and be within a game, there's no reason to believe they can't win the division. I have them over under. I don't think this is the year for the division, but I do think that they are very firmly a wild card team, especially in a weaker yes. conference. And I don't want to play them. They might end up being, depending on what the defense looks like, or maybe they hit stride late. That could be the San Fran team of a lesser defense from this past season. Well, in a weird way, it would almost benefit the Packers if they end up playing minnesota in minnesota in the playoffs because then you got the dome you don't have to worry about snowy lambo i know that you have then, to deal with the crowd then aaron will just shrivel but that's not that's not gonna happen well if you like shrivel minnesota the, dome. the nfc championship better than green bay wow well i mean no disrespect to you guys it's like i don't really get there anymore you don't blame me <laughs> okay we we didn't get there we didn't get there this past season but we choked in it three years in a row two years in a row all right, that's fair. All right, I retracted. You're you're right there. And four times in the last uh, eight years, we choked there. So, <laughs> you know, you know, that's fair. I'm ret- it's retracted. You're right. I, that was a stupid thing to say. I just wanted to give you a hard time. But I do think that things are going right for them. I think they go, like I said, ten and seven, firmly get into the playoffs, take the over by half a game, which leads us to your Green Bay Packers. He's got the blanket over here. He's ready to go. Probably soaked with tears from uh, the last few years. I haven't washed it yet. Yep. That's I'm good. not washed it until we win the Super Bowl. So, well, I'm taking my three in a row from your hypothetical. So, you're, you're right. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, you got it this year. So, you're golden. Ten and a half over under. I'm not even going to start with this. It's all you. There's so many questions that are not going to be answered until the start of the season. They're getting David Bakhtiari back. Awesome. They got Elton Jenkins and Bobby Tanyan back there. But what what's the wide receivers going to look like? We saw last week Aaron's kind of calling out a bunch of his rookie receivers. I've been walking back my criticism of people creaming about Romeo Dubs and hopping on the creaming about Romeo Dubs train right now. He's a stud, absolute stud. (laughs) And uh, he's been causing problems. And he's been looking good, scored a touchdown in each of the preseason games. We're starting to get Christian Watson. I just am so interested to see what that defense is looking like. Talk about preseason hype. I, yes, I follow a lot of beat writers that are going to be biased. I get that, but everyone will not shut up about how, not only how great the secondary is going to look between having Jari back, Eric Stokes and re-signing Rasul Douglas, but that front seven of Deion, uh, Devondre Campbell. Quay Walker's looking pretty damn good. I guess I'm not really a fan if I don't know this, but Devontae White's looking good. Yes, you lost to Darius Smith last year. And of course, you lose the best receiver in the league in Devontae Adams. There's a lot of production to go around, how productive is that going to be getting the ball tossed around? If it's do we Sammy Watkins, are you really going to trust him? Christian Watson, you need to get up there quick. You have Randall Cobb as your biggest safety valve with Mercedes Lewis, but it's going to lean on a lot with AJ. I expect big seasons from both the AJs and Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. Get them on your fantasy team. If you have a draft coming up, doesn't matter if it's either of them. They both had 1,100 scrimmage yards plus last year for the team. I'm taking the over, but not that much. Right, I don't think they're going to replicate another 13-win season that they have the first three years under Matt LaFleur. Back-to-back MVPs and Aaron Rodgers. Let's we'll see if he can 
put his pride to the side, which we know he won't, to be able to toss this ball because you're not going to be able, like you do in the San Fran games or any playoff games, shut everyone else off and just throw to Devontae or Aaron Jones. You're going to have to spread the ball out a little bit more. And maybe that's the best case scenario because he can end up, best case, he trusts everybody. And I don't know where he's going. Worst case, he only trusts two and you know exactly where he's going. I'm taking the over for my pack. I'm taking the over too. Oh, no, I don't like this. No, I, you're, you're staring off into space. No, I, I'm not going to like this because I think I'm going to regret saying this with you and my audience here for a second. This feels like it's setting up perfectly for the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. It seems every year that the world, including myself, build the Packers up as this superpower, this superhero team. And I never understand. And you use the word shrivel. Aaron Rodgers and the team have shriveled up a few times in the – more than a few times. It's Aaron Rodgers. It, it's never – in some of those losses, it's not, it's not completely on the defense. There's a couple that have it, but it's more or less the offense. Like, what are you doing? That San Fran? That was, you're telling me right now, yeah, you're going to play San Francisco and hold them to 10 points in Lambeau and your defense is going to shut them down. Oh, so we're winning 35 to 10. No, you're losing 10 to nine. Okay. So here's my thought though. The fact that the expectations have to be as low right now as they've been probably since Aaron Rodgers' rookie season actually makes me believe that this is the year that I could see green Bay coming out of the NFC. And the recipe is perfect. Bakhtiari's back. Who, by the way, that was oh, such boy. a yeah. Th- that's such a weird injury because we really haven't heard anything. He got pulled off the pup, which we were all thrilled about because there was a chance he missed even more time. We had yeah, no idea. He had a, he had a third surgery on his knee. Yeah, like they didn't really have a timetable, even though it wasn't as it was like a cleanup procedure. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what it was, and he and then he got off the pup, and I've been seeing him running around going through one on one drills and just position positional drills as well. So it's looking up. Hopefully. I'm more or less happy about Elton Jenkins because yes. he's a guy you can plug and play anywhere on the line outside of center. And he's a guy overtaking the left tackle position if Bakhtiari can't play. So we're going to need him. It just feels like it'd be crazy if you lose Devontae, you lose to Darius Smith, and then the defense gets better. Still, when you lose to Darius. And then on the flip, if Romeo Dobbs or Christian Watkins steps up, you have a good backfield. You have a solid tight end, and you have the most skilled quarterback in the league. If it comes together, I think my pre- premature pick, and it'll probably change in the two weeks until we lead up for our season preview. But the teams I think I like most in the NFC are Philadelphia and Green Bay. Yeah, I like the Rams too. They, I they, like them, but you imagine there's going to be a fall off. I mean, they're one of the healthiest teams year after year, and we have to get to, at the end, we forgot to throw it in because right before we started recording, Aaron Donald decided to do his best Miles Garrett impression and try to uh, yeah double fist in like your pregame. Yeah, just swinging around helmets. We'll get to that. But I just think that you have real reason for optimism this year, not just to win the division, but I think you have realistic optimism to really make a run. We'll see. 
like I said, I like Minnesota in this division right now. I don't want to take away too much from our preview show here in a couple of weeks, but that's a good team. And like I and like I said, leading off this segment, there's so many unanswered questions we're not going to know until the game starts. One thing I don't like in the favor of the Green Bay making a Super Bowl run or NFC Championship run is they would the way the schedule is they would get hot at the wrong time. They play like no the, they play like the Jets, the Giants, Washington consecutive weeks, week like five through seven. And it's like, okay, you're going to get a little bit hot, and then you have a little bit tougher of a road. You got a Rams team week but You 15. said you end the, the year with the Bears, right? And, and, and then Minnesota. If you and, get a big win against the Vikings. Depending on how they're looking. Yeah, if you get a big they, win against but Minnesota. If they're, like, if they're like one and three, with that being the win during the last four, I'm not going to be happy. But they go like three and oh, four and oh, with yeah. that win included. Okay. Again, all situational. Can't be answered until we're here. Now, what you said. Yeah, let's all right, back. Let's pretend this is NFL stories for a second. Yes, that's on me. I wanted to add that in. I no, no, you're that. good. Aaron Donald, you guys have seen it by now at home. Swinging helmets at Bengals in practice. And you brought up a good point, And we don't really know how this process goes about the suspension. Can you tell us what you heard? Because I well, now I, have, now I have conflicting stories. So Rams Bengals had a joint practice today ahead of their preseason game for a, for a week three. Ends up Aaron Donald just double fist and swinging. If you guys haven't seen it, go to our Instagram page. We, we put a post or it's on our story of Aaron Donald getting held back with two Bengals helmets in his hands. It's, he was he was throwing those around too. And when he's one of the strongest guys in the league, so he that's is like good. the strongest guy in the league. I don't know. The guy seems so even keeled just for him to pop off like that. Well, I mean, he is used to training with knives. Yeah, they're they're bendy, though. I'm seeing conflicting stories. Uh, The first story that came out is since this is technically, yes, it's in the NFL, but the NFL does not oversee this practice and training camp as under their surveillance because since it's with the teams, it should be under their surveillance. So it would be an organizational uh, suspension, fine whatever it may be but now i've been seeing stories that you know what nfl might have to get their hands dirty on this one and maybe that can switch the whole narrative about the Rams starting maybe they start off a little bit slower and they kind of start stumbling out of the gates and slower to kind of get that momentum picked back up but aaron donald suspended that changed the trajectory completely of what that division can look like yeah and if the nfl actually can suspend him even if they didn't have the overseas rights whatever it is I, I think it's very interesting where they just ignore a precedent with the Deshaun Watson trial. Do they ignore the precedent they set with Miles Garrett and Mason Rudolph? He was suspended indefinitely, which turned out to be the remainder of that year. I believe it was six games. Does this then turn into a six game suspension for Aaron Donald? If they are consistent, then it should. Will it but happen? Or not. Exactly. I don't think it will because the NFL, this wasn't nationally televised. This is something that the casual fan is not going to see. So I think the NFL, for better or worse, is going to pretend nobody saw it, pull the wool over everybody's eyes, and just yeah, but let it disappear. Yeah, into I don't need cycle. TV, but in the age of social media, it's so pleasant. I don't yeah, but like, again, like the casual fan, the casual fan is not on Twitter being like, wonder what's happening in the joint practice of the LA Rams. Oh, I heard about that. Let me see these stories that came about. I, if my opinion is just like it was after the Miles Garrett thing, these are some of the strongest people in the world. If you connect the wrong way, 
it can do some substantial damage to someone's life, quality of life. You could, if you hit them the wrong way. I know we like to joke around and a lot of people on social media like to joke around about uh, Adam Schefter tweeting out assault after the Miles Garrett thing. But at the same point, how many places can you go into your workplace and use something to yap? Like if you go into your desk workplace and you have a scuffle and you use a stapler and swing at someone's head. That'd be fun. Yeah, but I, I mean, I know that's a ridiculous comparison to draw but my whole point is that i just want consistency we preach it all the time if you suspended miles garrett for six games just because people didn't see this this wasn't a thursday night game doesn't mean that he shouldn't get off scotch-free i think that he'll get a game or two should it be 12 because it was two helmets so six games per helmet that seems to be the logic of behind the miles garrett attack from mason rudolph i mean yeah i guess (laughs) I guess you're right. The, too. The, the, the exorcism of Mason Rudolph. Um, last thing before we before we head out. You broke my brain there. I'm sorry. I'm like rattled from that. Miles, Miles Garrett with the helmet, Aaron Donald with the helmet. They have no helmet, helmet in hands. Who are you taking in the Sockham Bockham type rules? See, here's the thing. Aaron Donald's a better football player. Miles Garrett is so much taller. He's got so much more reach. Yeah. I think I'm going with the reach. It's like boxing. But I don't force. care how small but the, the force. It just takes one. What's well, like it's like okay, let's go UFC. It's like when you have a, a round ground grappler like a Ben Askren, if you go to the ground or Khabib, you're dead. But if you stay on your feet, you're good. That striker's got a chance. If Miles Garrett keeps him at arm's distance, if he keeps him at bay, Miles Garrett dominates Aaron Donald in a helmet swinging contest. Okay. Okay. Where were you going? Uh, I can't bet against Aaron Donald. That dude's so you have Aaron Donald. I have Miles Garrett. We'll have to ask David, but we might even have to put a poll out. Oh, I think that we should. I think that we should definitely put a poll out. We will. You guys will see it by this time. If you definitely vote on it, we'll have it up for a couple days. Miles Garrett wins, though. It's that simple. And that's going to bring us to the end of another episode of Loss of Down. Make sure to check us out on all of our social media platforms Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Loss of Down and Twitter, down underscore loss. Shout out to all of our sponsors at tabbies.com. Make sure you use promo code football for 20% off that order as well as free shipping. And abbyturnercreative.com, your one-stop marketing agency for it all. Wally, thank you for making the trek. Let's go get some wings and beers. Do you have any parting words? I have one. I have got, first of all, I love to cook. I'm a big, whether it be baking, grilling, cooking in general, I love it. My family's always gotten into those like food master chef shows. I never, well, I guess I should say my mom had for whatever reason over the last like few months, I every now and I'll poke my head and see this Australian master chef. Matt Preston is a judge on there. I have an awkward man crush on this guy, like legitimately an awkward man crush. His Instagram doesn't do him any favors because he doesn't post the ball. He has the best fashion sense of any man I've ever seen in my life. Cause he, you set the bar so high. I know, I know, trust me, that's, well, here's the thing. If I ever lose the weight, I want to dress better. But here's the thing, I'm not impressing anybody when I look like this, You're I don't right. give it. Yeah, I'm gonna save my money. If I lose the weight, I'll dress up. But right now, no, you got shorts and t-shirt, Wally. But this guy, he is a, he, I don't know, he's probably like six five, six six, but he's a big dude. Got the salt and pepper look, which works out perfectly. He always goes super colorful. And I am a big color guy. I love it. 
He'll go the pinks. He'll throw the purples. He'll throw the teals. He'll throw the lilac. I love it all. I suggest you go Google him, or at least, like I said, Australian master chef. I'm in love with this guy. How about you? Anything going on in your end? Keto King back full on erection. Uh, I I cannot be stopped. I'm 1,500. I'm 1,500 up over the past three weeks. You're lucky four numbers. I'm going to give you 48, 58, 68, and throw 26 in there. Let me know how much money you're earning in Keno from my Ohio folks. Let's go play right now. Let's go get some beers and play Keno, baby. I'm good with that.